0: units.
1: All hail Kuldroth, high master of seven galaxies and inheritor of the megmosome genetic chain. Hail, high one. Enough. Allow me to felicitate you on your pair meeting. I trust your cones are now well honed. Yes, we did not leave our gloves chamber for 17 time units. (laughs) You, Beldar, and you, Primat, have been chosen to assume a new position in our space program. Hi, Master. We are honored to have been selected. Together, my mate, Primat, and I can meet any challenge. What is it? You are to speed your way to a remote solar system on the frontier and seize a tiny planet inhabited by inferior beings who call themselves humans. (laughs) (laughs) Using these humans (laughs) as a slave labor force, you will establish a minor protoid refueling station for my massive fleet of star cruisers on their way to mine the ore clouds of Glangzeep. This Larifal catalog ...contains all you need to know about the Earthlings and their ways. No problem.
0: Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. I am your host, Scott Watt. I am joined once again by my good friend, Mr. Will Fordyce. Hello, hello. Uh, so this is really a last-minute... I contacted Will... This We're recording this on a Wednesday. I contacted Will a couple hours ago and said, I want to do this podcast... We both watched the project literally <sighs> an hour ago, and we're, it's all fresh in our minds because it had to be. Because if you knew what we were talking about, you would forget <laughs> about it immediately as well.
2: That's why I wanted to do it as soon as possible, just because, like, I want this out of my mind. I don't want to think about it for the next, like, any amount of time. It's, it's so weird, the juxtaposition of how I feel about the movie and how I, like, view this.
0: Okay, so what we're talking about is we're talking about the 1983 unaired cartoon pilot, The Coneheads. Rightly so, unaired. Yes, I can <laughs> see why it was not unaired. But when you look at it, so it stars the voices of Dan Aykroyd and oh, Jane yeah. Curtin and Lorraine Newman. Mm-hmm. Lauren Michaels is involved. Al Franken, Tom Davis. It's made by Rankin Bass. Rankin Bass, the, the, who did all those christmas cartoons they're the ones who produce this there's just a ton of big names behind this
2: yeah i don't i'm not sure like what and 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 it almost fail like spoilers alert i wouldn't i mean you're not going to watch this i assume but um like essentially it was the movie and it was just condensed down to a quick like snapshot
0: of a kid's cartoon is that what they were? well i don't think so and yes, yes, because the movie came out in the 90s. This came out way before the movie. Mm-hmm. But however, if you've watched the Coneheads movie, and by the way, Will and I did a podcast on that, so go back and check that one out. You can oh, see yes. elements of this cartoon that they used in the movie, such as them landing and Beldar getting a job at, as a TV repairman. Mm-hmm. That's right out of the movie, and I don't believe that was ever addressed in the show. And then, of course, you see things from the show where he stops and drinks gas right out of a gas line, you know, while pumping gas into his car. That was from. So they have taken elements from the sketch from Saturday Night Live, but they've also they've added lore, and that lore is what they used in the movie.
2: I, yeah, and I don't know what happened. Like, I have a fondness, and maybe it's just like nostalgia. That I enjoy the Coneheads movie, but that for some reason that like when I watched the Coneheads movie, I'm delighted. And when I watched this, I was uh, not appalled, but I was just like, uh, I did not. It was not thrilling. I didn't. It was it was rough.
0: I was. Baffled at how so many people could get this wrong.
2: Did you say you didn't think this was supposed to be a kid show, even though it was no, animated? No, because
0: there's a lot of sexual innuendo in there with with, with the rings they put out oh, on their yeah. heads. So there was a lot of there was a lot of sex space sex jokes in this in this cartoon. It's drawn like a kids cartoon, but I think it was supposed to be sort of like the Flintstones and the Jetsons. I think it was supposed to be like a prime time cartoon. Because there's a lot of adult situations in there, very much. So. Yeah, there's
2: there's that was my biggest note because I was coming at it from like a, you know, they had these characters and they were trying to like squeeze the kids market so that they could, you know, make the make the funds from toys and all the you know fun stuff that um that you get from like having a syndicated kids show. Um, I mean, but even saying that, having it be an adult. Animated was this before because this was before a lot of the
0: like animated adults. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, this was way this was 83. And when you look at it, the way I looked at it, it was like this was a year after John Belushi died. And I can't help but think that if John Belushi was still alive, it may he he may have done a voice because on the TV show on SNL, Belushi was the you, you know the main guy from Remulac, the guy that sends them to Earth. Oh the leader of Remulac. He played that character on SNL. And I believe if he was still alive, he probably would have done that voice in this cartoon.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, like you were saying is they had a crack team, like putting this together. It was, it was a lot of people from SNL. And I think you mentioned it was Lauren Michael produced. So I, I, it just, it was, you know, it, it, maybe the good thing about it, it was, it was seed planting for the, the, the movie which i enjoy
0: i enjoy the movie as well so just to break it down they send you know the leader of remulac sends beldar and primate primate to earth to to take over the earth so they've turned it into and i don't know if this was supposed to be the joke or if this was the way they were doing it they turned it into a sort of like old school honeymooners sitcom yeah with the bickering you know they were bickering it's like you told me to turn left no i didn't tell left. You, turn you told,
2: left i was doing just fine before you said anything
1: <laughs> beldar we are approaching their puny solar system perhaps we should rehearse your speech again very well i will put the guidance controls on automatic here people of earth your weapons i am beldar the timekeeper Ah. People of Earth, I am Beldar, the Timekeeper from the planet Remulak. Your weapons are useless against us. I know, I know. I was only pausing. Well, you don't have to bite off my cone, Mips, 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 Mips. Why do I not simply read the speech? Unacceptable. You must commit it to memory. Maintain low tones. Maintain low tones. <laughs> Beldar, do you want me to guide the craft? Mebs, mebs. Slow down, Beldar, or we will miss the planet in time. Just provide me with the coordinate indices and leave the craft guidance to me. As I previously indicated, these are the coordinate indices. That is not what you showed me, Maps maps. Well, now we must stop and
0: reassess our approach. Yeah, so they turned it into, and they have a laugh track, which is oh. Oh, awful. Oh, yeah. Oh my
2: goodness, just the, the timing of everything.
0: The timing of the laugh, you're correct, Will. The timing of the laugh track is terrible.
2: Even in the, because you, you mentioned the sex jokes, like the first line out of Dan Aykroyd, uh, Beldar's character, the they meet the king or the leader, and the leader says, "Have y'all like honed your cones?" Meaning, you know, did y'all like, I guess, resonate so that you know procreate because you're genetomates. mates? Um, and the they say, "Oh yeah, we spent uh, seventeen time units together." <laughs> and then the, that bad laugh track kicks in, and it's like. Right. That's the first joke out of the, you know, uh, it's the second, like the first big joke.
0: Men are men are quick in bed. Oh, 17 minutes and it was over. But
2: OK. I I thought that was pretty good. Well, then, yeah, never mind. Never mind.
0: Never mind. Actually, 17 minutes is pretty good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah, yeah they, 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 and, they're this
2: bickering couple that don't work well together and and that's how they crash land on Earth, is because one said turn left and he heard it wrong or something?
0: Yeah, and they're rehearsing his speech and they lose his speech. It's just all it's just all for naught, because I can't believe that they, once they had a finished product, I can't believe they all looked at it and said, we nailed pretty it. Good. Yeah, <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Well, gonna... do you think
2: that, because they're coming from 70s, like... Because the SNL sketches were anywhere from, you know, what, like three minutes to ten minutes, depending on how quick. I mean, most of them were a little bit like set, maybe seven to ten, but right. you know, sometimes they had some quick ones. So maybe expanding it out and adding their jokes and then having the animators do all their stuff, they were like, well, I, yeah, it looks good to me. Because, you know, sometimes what I forget the terminology, but it's like when you invest so much, you can't back out.
0: Probably, yeah, if you invest so much time and money. It's like, well, we got to finish it. And I mean, I'm sure there was a write off and accountants took care of this, but <laughs> I, there was no way that anybody would have picked this up, even with the names attached. I thought Oof. the animation was very primitive as well. And I don't know if that's what they were going for.
2: Well, maybe like you're saying, it's like they they were just trying to like get this out, because like, it was reminiscent of like Hanna-Barbera, the Flintstones, the, you know, some old. Like old style, um, uh, what is it like? Forties, fifties cartoons, sixties maybe.
0: Yeah, but I figured if this is your pilot, if this what is this, if this is what you pre- are presenting, make it look good. And uh, yeah, <laughs> um, and they drew they drew Beldar with this John Waters paper yeah. thin mustache. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Because it wasn't in the sketches and it wasn't in the movie.
2: Yeah. Didn't he have a mustache at one point, like Dan Aykroyd himself? Dan Aykroyd did have a mustache at one time. So maybe they Um, modeled that, like the animator saw a picture of him and they were like, oh, a mustache. Yeah. Let's see what that looks like. Or maybe to help distinguish, like, you know, his manliness on his planet, they gave him a mustache.
0: They also gave him a potbelly that's always sticking out. So he's got whenever he's even wearing pajamas or whenever he's wearing any shirt, his he's got this un the last three buttons are unbuttoned and his stomach is <laughs> hanging out. It's like that was that was never part of the Coneheads humor that you know that he was a slob. They just missed so much in in this. I
2: I don't know because the sketches were entertaining too. Yeah, and the movie was entertaining. So somewhere in between whatever was going on, like they just like and and maybe it's just a culmination of like uh, watching the maybe watching humans act weird has a little bit more of a like pleasure to it because, you know, the Jane Curtin and Dan Aykroyd personified like stiff and these like oddball characters. So as maybe just instinctually, we get the joke because. The characters are acting funny, but it doesn't translate to animation.
0: I I agree with that. I was about to say, you don't get the same jolt or whatever it is with Dan Aykroyd and Jane Curtin acting as robotic aliens. They didn't come across as robotic aliens. They sounded different, too. Mm -hmm. They didn't sound like the way they did in the sketches. It was that was a bit off. Yeah, I agree. There was a couple of things that I found interesting in here. One is while they're on Earth, Primat tells Beldar, I'm with I'm with Cone. And in the cartoon, she gives birth through her head. (laughs) So because in the movie, her water breaks. So in in the movie, I guess she gives birth in her lower regions, whatever that might be. (laughs) But but in the but so it's set up where the you know, the. Curtain is curtain, a, cur- a curtain on a wow. curtain, curtain on Jane curtain is, <laughs> is covering her cone. So he's telling her and I just don't know how that would how that physically would work. Now, that's something I guess you like, mean, I guess you could do it. But that would work better in a cartoon when a person is giving birth to another alien through the crown of her head. I don't
2: I but I, I don't know if that would have. That's terrible. Cause I, I'm still coming mentally at this as like, like, why would you go through the animation process if it wasn't during this time period, if it wasn't for kids or an attempt for it? Cause it was almost smurf like, I guess that was that what I felt was the closest animation in my mind was
0: smurfish. Yeah. I can't believe this was made for kids. There's just well, too I, many, I would there's hope too not. many sex jokes and you know, n- not a lot of kids want to see an alien giving birth through her no. head.
2: Um <laughs> When did the Simpsons come out? Do you know when the first it first aired? Was it during this time?
0: It a was the late later? 80s, so it was okay. a few years after this. I think it I think it was 89, 88 or 80 and, and this well it's the, I think the Tracy Ullman show was on from 85 to 87, and that's so when this... we first saw the Simpsons. So this was a couple of years before even the earliest rendition of the Simpsons.
2: Okay. So maybe maybe they were they were the pioneers. I mean I don't see I
0: don't (laughs) see anybody I don't think anybody had seen this. I think I I think Lauren Michaels felt like George Lucas felt after the Star Wars Christmas special. It's like after he saw this, it's like nobody can see that. I hate quoting Jack and Jill because it's an awful movie, but there's that scene where after Al Pacino's like, "Burn burn this. Nobody, nobody sees this. <laughs> nobody sees this. And that's how I feel. Everybody involved in this had to feel after they saw the completed. It's like, burn this. Nobody. <laughs> Could I ask you a favor?
2: Could exactly. I hear your best Al Pacino?
0: Hoo-wah! There you go. I like it. <laughs> if I was 20 years younger, I'd take a flamethrower to this cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> One thing that made me chuckle, I don't I never laughed at this. And I after got... after I heard the first joke with the soundtrack with the laugh track, I'm like, oh God. Oh yeah. Um so they're calling home from Earth the almighty wow. Remulac god or king or whoever he is. And he goes, Almighty, ruler of all universes. And he goes, Eight. It's actually eight. <laughs> that got a chuckle out of me. And then they called him back again and goes, Ruler of eight destinies, eight galaxies. Well, not six. Two minor laughs in this through the uh, whole thing.
2: I laughed at the when the owner, they, when they crash land, they get chased by the dogs because they jump off the street. And then they, they get into the uh, television repairman's studio um and they said they kind of set up their like foreigners and they don't have like the right paperwork and he's like oh we could we could work this deal under the table and they go oh, okay and then they get under the table and continue the conversation i i got a slight chuckle out of that i was like oh okay
0: there it is <laughs> and we found out in this cartoon why they keep saying they're from france
2: oh yeah this provided a little bit more cuz in the movie they we we find them just starting on Earth and crash landing. And so we got a little bit of backstory. got a
0: little bit of backstory. So to go to the movie, it's in the trailer, but it's not in the movie. Uh, Dan Aykroyd is driving a cab in the movie, and a guy in the backseat goes, where are you from? And there's like a delivery truck next to him that says French bread. And he goes, I come from France. (laughs) But they don't put it in the movie and i always found that odd because i come from france is connected with the, with the cone heads so to have to not have that in the movie not have that major part i I'm not, i don't think any of that was explained i'm not in it's been a while since i've seen the original cone head sketch oh yeah and i don't believe it's ever explained why they uh why they they call you know why they're from france or whatever but it's always connected i think it was just a joke we come from france and it was just and it was funny enough as it is you know you don't have to explain we come from yeah. france it's just a cover story it's an axiom good good luck <laughs> right but since it, but if they are going to give us background on how all this came about and i'm still talking about the movie here that clip should have been in the movie since mm-hmm. i come from france is so closely connected to the coneheads now in the cartoon they did get that right Because the guy behind the counter in the television store says, you know, my parents came from France. Where are you guys from? And he's like, oh, we also come from France. Yeah. And then and the guy behind the counter says, you know what? It doesn't matter where you're from. Just tell people you come from France and let it go. Yeah. (laughs) So they did get that right. They did. You know, now we know why they say we come from France.
1: Boy, you know, you do good work, Mr. Uh, Conehead. Beldar Conehead. Oh, I'm Louis. Louis Bouchard. Hey, listen, I do need some help around here. And we are seeking gainful employment. Perhaps we could formulate some arrangement. Look, I don't care where you're from. This is America. Heck, my grandfather came over from France. And that's all anyone has to know. Uh, by the way, uh, where do you come from? We, too, come from France.
0: Okay. Well, then, uh, this is all gonna have to be done under the table very well and it was it was in their origin and they and they kept using it through the through the cartoon so that was one thing they got right in this cartoon
2: it was rough man
0: yeah there's not this is gonna be a short podcast because there's not really much to talk about. they moved closer to Washington DC because they were able to get in contact with their king and we have and once again I don't know if this was a joke or if this was this part of the show, we had the nosy neighbors. So they move next into the nosy neighbors and they're like, oh, those next door neighbors are weird. They're not weird. John, we'll bring them a coffee cake. And yeah. So it's standard. Are they making fun of standard sitcoms? The or was it supposed to be a standard sitcom? Uh, I don't know. It's not I... made clear to me. <laughs> it's and such a weird the... flavor. It is such a weird flavor and maybe if the series went on they could have explored yeah. it more but in this pilot I don't know if they're making fun of something or they are trying to be that thing. It does, I do not get it.
2: It's I it's all just like I I don't know what it is cuz like I said is um you know it was such an enjoyable like sketch and an enjoyable movie but this just is like there's nothing I mean and maybe it's just because like I knew all this information because, like I said, it's it's essentially the movie just condensed down to like a quick form. And then they in the at the end of the episode, they they they're talking to their leader and they say, we can't come get you due to budget cuts.
0: Yeah, due to the cut to the military.
2: Yeah. So but and then going back to the neighbors, they bring over the the coffee
0: ring. A coffee ring. Yeah, I've never heard of a coffee ring.
2: Uh, I, I think it was uh, just a coffee bun cake, I think, is yeah. what it was.
0: So this might be why maybe they are making fun. Once again, so there's always like the confusion in a sitcom. There's always the misunderstanding that leads to the plot of that episode. Mm-hmm. They bring over this coffee donut or whatever it is. <laughs> what what was it called?
2: They They called it a coffee ring.
0: A coffee ring and beldar mistakes it as a sex toy
2: yeah the sensory yeah. rings
0: that they have on their planet right because i don't know for those of you who don't know the the coneheads have these sensory that's how i guess they have sex they or put these sensory the they put these sensory rings over their cones and that's how they do it and 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 we'll talk about and and that comes up once more time before the episode is yeah. over. So Bel, so the misunderstanding. Oh. Not in front of the child. It's like, so Beldar thinks that this coffee ring is a sex toy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: they're from a different planet. Yeah. And then they sit down, they have like a quick introduction. Uh they're like we're your neighbors, you know, we we just wanted to come over. And then, um, you know, the daughter leaves to go to swim class and then they go, Okay, well, um, we have to go fertilize the lawn, Um, which sets up a joke that they do a couple of times of the incorrect definition. Um, And they're like, "Okay, well, have a good day. And then they leave kind of nothing except for that one joke of like the coffee ring. And then I guess the wrong definition was established. And that was the only purpose for that scene.
0: But something else I do remember is mm-hmm. she is their daughter. Connie is on the swim team in the movie. So that's mm-hmm. another thing that they borrowed from the cartoon into the movie. Oh, yeah. I just remembered that. I just remembered and... that she was part of the yeah part of the diving team because of her cone. She, hit zero splash when she would hit the water.
2: And then Ronnie was her boyfriend's name in both the movie and this episode.
0: Oh, I did. I I did not know that. Nice catch there, Mister Fordyce. If I recall correctly, Connie has a date in this, and the guy looks nothing like Chris Farley. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy they draw him like a nineteen sixties hippie. This guy is supposed oh, to be in high school with her. That that he reminds like me. A, he looks like a grown man.
2: because um, the, they're expressing to their daughter, the is it like right before she leaves, or is it right when she comes back? That. Um, she was very, like, 60s hippie language, where she's like, ah, oh, this is such a drag, and I just want to stay on this planet and groove and hang out. That was
0: before the date.
2: Okay, so it was just, I mean, I mean, maybe it was just the era or the time, but and whatever setting they were going for, but they laid it on thick with some of her dialogue.
0: Right, and once again, that's typical sitcom fodder. The daughter, you know, the kid's, are talking a different language, daddy o than the parents. Um
2: but you're but yeah this character was very hippies ish and like like you said like kind of a didn't he look like older or something but they were he looked way older. School.
0: He looked way older. Um he looks like one of those guys what's that Matthew McConaughey? Oh man the girls keep getting younger <laughs> and I keep getting or whatever. I no I keep getting older and the girls keep staying the same. Yeah you know, it was like uh, <laughs> What was I gonna say? I was just gonna say something.
2: Ah, shit, uh, it's he, gone. He looks kind of um, hippie-ish and sixty-ish.
0: Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say. So the the daughter Connie, when Lorraine Newman played her in the sketches on Saturday Night Live, she was very much like the parents. Talked very much like the parents, even though she would use groovy music. Let me, let me, you know, let me get my groove on, mom. And the way she portrayed uh, the actress, whose name I can't remember, portrayed her in the movie, she talked like the youth of her time because she, was born, she yeah. was born in New Jersey or wherever it was. Uh, she was born in America. So she talked like a typical American girl. This version in the cartoon is sort of a combination of the two because she's not really she doesn't talk really as robotic as her parents. But she doesn't talk as freestyling as the actress who did it in the movie. So it's a sort of a weird combination of both Connie's from the movie and from the and from the TV show in this cartoon.
2: The question I have for you is this gets more into the like deep dive of how do you feel humans grow? Is that more nature or nurture?
0: I think it's nature. Okay. Okay. I think that if Connie grew up around those kids, there there comes a point where you spend more times, more time Mm -hmm. with your friends and outside influences than you do with your parents. And those definitely rub off on you. Well, it's just like I would compare it was like if a couple from Korea came and they, you know, they spoke English, but with a very heavy accent, I believe their child would uh, speak English probably without an accent, if they were around the American culture. I feel this would be the same way, even, yeah. you know, in alien form. I think, yeah. Because I, I believe I, in, and, I don't, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I believe in the sketches in Saturday Night Live, uh, Connie came with them in the oh, okay. ship, so that's why she talked like that, because she was born on Remulac. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh,
0: maybe that. I'm wrong, but that's the way I I, I vaguely remember that, so...
2: I'm going to have to watch some more of those sketches.
0: You could pro- it's on, so you could probably find them on SNL Vintage on YouTube. They have all the old Saturday Night live and I'm sure they have all the cone heads.
2: So so the daughter, she goes on this date with this I mean, I, I guess her boyfriend. Um, <clears throat> and then they kind of like go to make out cove and um she's like revealing to him like, oh, you know, I might have to move back to France. And he's like, just don't move back to France. How about that? Now come over here and give me some of those French kisses. And yeah. then it like zooms out. Uh, and then it pans
0: up. Yeah, it pans up off of them. It's just yeah. like, okay.
2: And then she comes home late and she's like, sorry, I'm late. I was uh, busy. um, And she comes back into the house and... Then there's a they they kind of discuss a little bit more that they're gonna be stuck there because the sitcom's gonna happen over and over again, I'm sure. Um, uh, and then there's a knock at the door, and Ronnie's there.
0: Right, and Ronnie has one of their sex rings.
2: <laughs> you forgot this in my car, honey. And
0: then the dad freaks out. Greetings. Uh, sorry, Mr. Conehead, but uh, Connie, you left this in the, in the car.
1: Connie, you removed a sensor ring from your parental unit's sleep chamber. Unacceptable! Unacceptable! And with a human of all creatures. Mibs, Mibs.
2: See you at school tomorrow, Connie. And um, kind of like he does. He slam the door, and he's like, he's "No, gonna...
0: no, he doesn't slam the door." He's nope. Ronnie's like, "Okay, babe, I'll see you at school tomorrow." Because I'm the janitor. Uh, you know, <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's what it is.
0: That's yeah. why they go to school together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Worst kid show ever. Yeah, <laughs> and then it's the it's the standard. So you see all three of them arguing through the window, and then they pan out, and then the credits and the end the end and music. The,
2: that's what we cut credits on. Is you were fucking get out right. of here, <laughs> like, and that's that's the climax. So descended. <laughs> <laughs> Hooah! Ooh. <laughs> But that's uh, that's what they ended the show on. There wasn't I mean, I understand there wasn't a re- resolution and they didn't want to because they were going to try to have an episodic and they were stuck on the planet. But they ended the show on my my daughter came home from like fuck point and um, <laughs> was using janitor. our sex toys yeah. <laughs> with the janitor. And, um, you know, uh, one of these days, one of these days,
0: boom, because the sitcom, even in the pilot episode. It's it's standard, you know, there's a problem, and we solve it in 22 minutes. Here, none of the problems get solved. It Like, they can't get back to Re- remulac, They're not mm-hmm. going to be able to take over the Earth. Their
2: daughter's promiscuous. Their daughter
0: is, you know, having sex in a car with a janitor. It's like She'll all these unanswered all. questions that will never be answered. And I get, no, I guess, yeah, I guess if you... If you think of the movie as the second episode to this, maybe you get your questions answered.
2: <laughs> well, and but uh, they go back to the planet. I guess they have a little bit more time to explore, um, and then they come back and then they fake a threat and then blow up their ship so they they're back on Earth and they're happy that they're on Earth. This this leaves the episode with their they're stuck, they're miserable. Meh, meh, meh. Right, because waka, they say waka, several
0: waka. times they don't like it there on Earth,
2: yeah, and they didn't learn to like through their course, you know what it was they were happier before the daughter came along in because they they seemed really happy to be in the TV station or the TV fix or maybe it's before they moved, so the suburban life has taken them
0: down, yes, <laughs> and that's it, that's the that's. That's the pilot episode of the Coneheads from 1983, and it's awful. It's just terrible. I, my... There's no other way around it. I I love all the people involved in it. It's it's un, it's it's unwatchable.
2: My um, final note on my page is: I hated it. Go watch the movie.
0: Or go back or, and watch the sketches. Yeah. There's and, no. This cartoon has no redeeming quality. And once again, I'm going to compare it to the Star Wars Christmas special. You may just want to watch it once, just to say that I've watched yeah. it. But it's,
2: it's on the the internet's for free, so why not? Yes,
0: it's on YouTube for free. Coneheads unaired pilot. Look it up. That's where we watched it. I was looking. They're like selling. I was on uh, eBay. They're selling like VHS tapes for like. 40 bucks it's like god no it's like it's not worth it no it's not even as a collector's item this is not worth collecting um (laughs) it's barely worth watching for free you i feel youtube slipped me a couple of bucks for watching that that's how bad this is it was
2: it was rough it was very like like you said like right out of the gate with the first like laugh track moment um just it was. I knew what I was in for as soon as that hit, and I was like, "Oh no, Scott, what did you
0: make me do?" I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I made you watch Coneheads, the unaired pilot.
2: It's okay. I believe in one of my podcasts. I said I'll watch terrible things, so you're sticking true to my word. I'm sticking um, true, um, and this I was, appreciate
0: it. <laughs> this might be one of the worst things that I've reviewed on this podcast. That's saying it, a lot. It, it's right up there with I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. It's on it's on that. <laughs> Nothing will be as bad as I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. That's the low bar. That's the low bar because I just feel it was just done for money and all that. Even with this, I feel that there was a lot because everybody, I mean, yep. all three voice actors were involved, Lauren Michaels, Tom Davis. Al Franken, all those people from Saturday Night Live, they were all involved in this. I believe they wanted to make a good product. I just don't know how they got so far off the track and made this. Yeah,
2: like I've said before, is like you're sometimes you get so invested. And then also, I've put projects together where like you're looking at the big picture. And you kind of can't saw- see the small details and then you get to editing and then you're looking at like scene by scene and you're, you're nostalgic for the moments you had. And then at the end of it, you take a step back and you're like, ah, this is a pile of shit, but it's done. All right, put it up,
0: <laughs> put it up. We did it. I can't believe this was like, um, you know, network meddling. Well, here's I the... think this was what they had and they just, they just got it wrong.
2: Well, here's the thing too, is like, they, and it was years later, but they set it up and did it so well at with Third Rock from the Sun that, you know, the fish out of water, the aliens come to the planet, they're trying to study humans, and I love Third Rock from the Sun. So, you know, the, if these are the seeds that grew, you know, the bitter seeds that turned into the sweet fruit that was the movie Coneheads and Third Rock from the Sun, you know, I'm glad I watched
0: it. They learn from their mistakes. Exactly. The, you know, the mood from they didn't repeat the mistakes in the movie that they did in the cartoon.
2: Do you think they were just too, like, dry or too, like, I mean, too fish out of water or I mean, could you put your finger on what was off about it? They just didn't
0: seem like the characters from Saturday Night Live. I just okay. and quite and, and none of the jokes were funny. I mean, that was that was it. All of the jokes were incredibly unfunny.
2: But they had the – and maybe I need to go back and watch the Coneheads and its nostalgia like I said. But they even had some similar jokes in the movies and in the sketches and those worked for me. But uh, Maybe just because it was a quicker format or just like maybe like I was referencing is seeing stiff people act like aliens might be better than watching – Poor drawings of it. Well,
0: the laugh track didn't help either because there's was, no laugh okay. track in the movie. And in Saturday Night Live, you have point. the live audience. The laugh that, track really threw everything it, off. It cringed me. Cringe-worthy laugh track. And
2: that they was. also had
0: applause sometimes. Applause track as well, That's, yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: All so, right,
0: so we're done talking about it. We're, thank we're, God. Uh, Ugh. So, Will, where can we find you on the interweb net?
2: Um, I have a... Uh, Gnome on the go uh, on Instagram, which with periods in between each word or on TikTok uh, at badbaldboss, that would work too. Or my email address, www.will.com at gmail.com. I usually don't check that, but sometimes I do.
0: All right, that's it. This has been another episode of the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. I can't believe we got close to 40 minutes talking about uh, this cartoon, but we did. But we did. I want to thank Will for suffering. It, we got it all done in one day. I still have to edit this, but we got we got the whole torture done in one day. We, well, it was I'm like a... tearing the bandaid off. We didn't have to. You didn't have to watch it and then wait and then I have to rewatch Think it again. It we did it all in that. one take. Well, and...
2: I'm a bit of a masochist, so this worked out yes. great.
0: <laughs> great. All right. Well, thank you, Will, for doing this, and we'll see everybody here next time on the Dan Aykroyd
2: podcast. Yeah. <laughs> And cut.
0: To support this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com slash
2: scottwhite and give what you're able. If you're listening on iTunes, please give a review. That should help people find this podcast. And no matter what services you use to listen, please leave feedback. We always want to improve. Thank you for listening to the Dan Aykroyd Podcast.
1: Mm, You have stimulated me. Allow me to administer the senso rings to you. <laughs> no more after this one, Beldar. This is it. Yes, yes, I am in agreement. Beldar. Ah, I see the little cone. Push, primate, push. Ah. Ah. It is a female. Daddy's Little Cone. And she shall be named Connie. Cross the streams, Media This has been a Cross the Streams Media Podcast.
0: This must never be seen by anyone. If you didn't like all those close-ups, we can, we can, no, this is not the final cut. There's no doubt we can, we can. All re-
1: copies. Destroy them.
0: You want that to play together? Has anybody seen this? Nobody
1: has seen
0: this. Okay. They have to be found and talked to. Them. All right. To be honest, I showed my wife. No she good. not believe. No good. <laughs>